here on mad radio network this is season two episode 28 i'm your host jim berenger alongside coach jay and mark weiss we're back from the holiday break last week july 4th weekend hope everybody had a good weekend celebrated the 4th of july here in the states and you know we're back we're going to wrap up the stanley cup final we're going to talk about the tampa bay lightning what's next for them what's next for the montreal canadians get a little some debate but we're going to look ahead to the expansion draft for both teams and look ahead to free agency and all that fun stuff as well. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. It's, going it's on, been guys. a while, and it might be the last one for the year, too. So, <laughs> at least I mean, this season. I would say maybe one or two more before the end of the year, um, just to wrap everything up the season, going to free agency and stuff, and wrap it all together and our thoughts on everything. But yeah, probably what you, uh, our audience is looking at it, maybe one or two more episodes until till October again, where we take a nice break and we come back recharged talking some hockey for us. But uh, let's dive right into everything that is hockey related, the National Hockey League Stanley Cup final. We have a back-to-back champion for the first time since the Pittsburgh Penguins did it in 2016-17, the Tampa Bay Lightning, our Stanley Cup champions once again. And they defeated the Montreal Canadiens by a score of one nothing in game five. They did it in five games. And what's impressive is, is how they did it because they won two cups, two different ways. And their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky, won the Smythe Trophy. Last year, the team it was about the team in front of them. This year, it was Vasilevsky's playoffs, and he's the reason they won. So I want to get your thoughts on the series. You know, you know, what you thought were maybe some turning points, because I have a turning point in the series, and I think we all agree it might – I think it might be the same one that I'm talking about. But your thoughts, Jay, on the series, what you saw, and, you know, just again, congrats to Lightning for doing back-to-back. Yeah, definitely. Congrats to the Lightning back-to-back. Maroon is definitely a three-time, three-in-a-row winner by re-signing with Tampa. Yeah. But uh, you could see the Tampa Bay – had the Canadians backed up. They, they, there were times when the Canadians weren't getting any shots. It's like they were just, you know, the, the speed, probably the speed and, and the relentless forechecking and shot blocking. And, you know, Price played great. Nothing on Price. It's just that Tampa Bay was totally loaded. I mean, with speed that kept cutting through that mid, you know, mid, Mid-ice trap, not mid-ice trap, but they exploited a lot of, uh, you know, Canadians' uh, non-offensive, you know, speed out. Other than Caulfield and Suzuki and Toffoli, you know, and Gallagher, I mean, there wasn't much offense going on. Oh, there wasn't. There wasn't much offense going on for the Canadians. And you said it, the Tampa Bay Lightning, this is a team I wrote a lot about this, you know, and the Montreal Canadiens, in the first three series, when they made mistakes, it didn't end up in the back of their net. 
when they made mistakes against the Tampa Bay Lightning, it ended up in the back of their net too many times. Game and two. Game two, game four, game five, go back to one. It happened in every game. Carey Price played better the last two games. You know, he said in the press conference, I didn't play a great series, and Shea Weber cut him off and said, no, we played a heck of a series. It was on us. It's great for the captain to stick up for the goaltender, but he was subpar prior because in the first three series, it was really good. But Montreal, like the the Islanders, could not get through that that defensive trap, a defensive aggression of the Tampa Bay Lightning because once they got one goal, they played – the Islanders and Canadian system better than they did. And Montreal, heck of a run, but, I mean, they ran into a buzzsaw, Mark. Well, the postmortem, as it is over here in uh, in Habsland, is going to read that game two was the turning point of the series. because 100% agree. Because two big turnovers caused two big goals in game two. And even though, like, some pundits will, will blame Carey Price on those for not saving them, I blame like Edmondson and and company for turning the puck over and for it happening in the first place. And if they steal game two, well, actually, I'm going to say after 44 shots on goal, Vasilevsky stole game two. And that's why he's the Smythe Trophy winner, because he stole the usually the even number of games are not pivotal. But in this series, it was because he stole game two. And by doing that, it set up a situation where it was three one instead of two two. Then game five, okay, you chalk up game five, you know, Tampa wins that game, one nothing, and then it still heads back to Montreal and anything can happen. But he stole game two, he dictated the series. And then in game five, you know, he was outstanding. I know he didn't see as many shots as Carey Price, but how tough is it as a goaltender? Jay, you can answer that question. Of, well, actually, you probably won't be able to answer that question because you never played on a team where you had to just sit back there and never see shots and just have to make <laughs> – you know those kind of saves. You don't no, even I was, know what that's I was like. the goal, I was, yeah, I was the goalie from slap shot. Yeah, yeah. Trade me back no. You you don't know what that's like, but he came. He rose to the occasion when he had to. And Tyler Toffoli had two point blank shots within the last minute of the game, and either one of those could have gone in if he had a quicker trigger release, and the game would have been tied. But he made those saves. That's the difference in the series. Anybody wants to debate that guy winning the Conn Smythe Trophy? They're a moron. I'm just, I hate to say it as point blank as possible. Also, I don't want to hear any more complaining about this cheating and circumventing the cap. Anybody could have done that, number one. Number two, they didn't sandbag a guy. He was injured. He had surgery. No one knew if he was coming back. It could have been career ending. He made it back, and I'm tired of hearing this garbage. The CBA is what it is. Nobody found any hidden clauses in it. This was just the best team, and you know what? Montreal was playing to win a Stanley Cup or not to lose at this point. Tampa Bay was playing for immortality. When you win a second one in a row, you've punched your ticket to say we're not a fluke. And I'm, I, I don't care if Cab fans pile on me for admitting the better team won. They did win. And you know what? I, Sometimes you have to show some sportsmanship about it. I agree 100%. You got to show sportsmanship. And again, you know, Vasilevsky, everybody was asking me going into game four who I would have had to cons my trophy. I said, it's Vasilevsky. Yeah. Look at his numbers. I mean, look what he's done in closeout games going back to last year. Five two and one nothings in a row. In this two one nothings game. in a row. But he's five shutouts, five straight wins in closeout games, sub two goals against average, a 940 save percentage. 
the team, the, the Lightning, since they got swept out of the playoffs in 2019, eight straight playoff series wins, 14 and 0 coming off a loss. This team is immortality. And think about this: go back to when they had their their start. It was just 2015 with the the, the core that was there. They lost to the yeah. Blackhawks in um, five games. No, six games. They lost six. in six games. Six. Yeah. That team was just as good as this team. This team got better. But and that team didn't to... know how to win yet. They needed right. they needed that Columbus, that Columbus shellacking to learn how to win. But look at the heartbreak. Up 2-1 against Chicago in 15. They had a chance. They were up 3-2 against uh or yeah, they were up against Pittsburgh, lost. They were up against Washington, lost. They got swept out of the playoffs. They had to adjust their style to win and give credit to John Cooper for doing that. They're playing a more defensive style. They, they didn't become – like in the Columbus series, you saw them be really aggressive and not sit back. Now they're sitting back, waiting and biding their time, and that's what they did. And, again, I, I agree with you. I don't want to hear about this $18 million over the salary I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it because every team could do it. They're playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. And the Blackhawks did it. What also happened to them? Didn't the Blackhawks do it to them in 15? The Blackhawks were over the salary cap by $10 million because Patrick Kane was out for the last 20 games of the the, the, uh, season and he wasn't even hurt. So, you know, Kucherov was skating, but it's a six-month injury to recover. If the Islanders had made the Stanley Cup final, guess who was going to come back in the lineup? Anders Lee. Exactly. So – but the Look, same Islander fans don't even don't even recognize that as being truthful. But the Islanders were were uh, ten million dollars over the salary cap going into the playoffs. They don't say that though. All they do is talk about the team that cheated that was eighteen million over. But they Guys, didn't they cheat. Didn't cheat. When you follow the rules, it's not cheating. Right. Julian Breezewash should have won General Manager of the Year because of his cap gymnastics. And I and I you know we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I do agree with Kucherov in the fact that the guy who won the Smythe Trophy and the Stanley Cup at the end of the year should have been the Vezina Trophy winner too because he's the best goalie in the league, period. Discussion is closed. I, I think all three of us agreed at the beginning when we did our preview show to start the year, we called him the best goalie on the planet. He is. He's the best yep. goalie on the planet. But I, I, I think Tampa, what they've done, what the consistency they've done, they, they have a chance to three-peat. I mean, you said it, but Jay, Patty Maroon, three cups. It's the first time a player's done that since the Islanders in the 80s and won three straight Stanley Cups um, with two different teams. He won two with Tampa, one with St. Louis. The guy, they had the formula. Now, are they going to lose players? Yes. But yeah. there's no reason that the way they've drafted and developed, they can't make a run in a third cup because well, this cool. team is too talented. And when you have the number one goalie in the league, you're going to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, and the whole thing with talking about how much equipment Valeski. Oh, more sour freaking grapes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it that would wear him down. If he has to carry that, whatever he's wearing underneath, it's not wide, it's just out. It's going to make him tired. It's not going to give him a benefit. I mean... Now they you know they're bringing that up because then they're talking about oh we need to widen the the go, the 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 the, uh, the goal net. I mean no. how much how much more are no. you going to do to a goalie? To, Put a soccer much more net up there. 
the goalies are never getting an upgrade helping them out. It's offense getting the upgrade. Right. I mean, come on, Sells. It, it, it's ridiculous because we all see it and we all know the game changes in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The offensive the numbers in the regular season, the rink gets smaller, gets condensed. And you want to talk about a guy, and we had the debate in our chat too because I gave you the article I wrote about him. How about the play of Ryan McDonough, who, in my opinion, could have won the Smythe Trophy even though he didn't have the stats for it? The way uh, he shut uh, down Mon- Barco. Al contraire, mon frere. He <laughs> had the most important stat, plus 18, plus 18. for the playoffs. Exactly, but the way he shut down Barkov, the way he shut down Aho, the way he shut down Barzell, he shut down the Suzuki line. He was aggressive when he needed to be. This guy came, he's he's taking a backseat to Hedman and Sergeyev there, and he's become a shutdown defenseman. Something, though he was that in New York, he's even become a better shutdown guy down in Tampa. Because but, but in that's New York, what they've he asked a two-way him. guy. Here he, here he can be the shutdown guy, and exactly. he can help Hedman to be able to play more offensively. Exactly. And yeah. this guy's unbelievable. And, and the, the plays he's made, especially in the final, just setting up goals and just knowing how to read the play. He's the evolution and the fact the way he's been able to adapt his game and reinvent himself. Unbelievable. Yeah. He got all that from the 2014 Stanley Cup, Rangers, Kings, all those years of having to be back and be there for Lundquist defense first. I mean, he's a he's a vet. And he's smart. Like you said, he's reinvented his game. And he's not the number one top guy. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have that pressure. Well, they have it's every good. really, really, really good left defenseman. I don't know that anybody yeah. in the game is even close to that. No, they don't. I don't think so either. I mean, you think about it. You know, him and Chernak together. Then they had a headman on the top pair. Sergeyev's there. I mean, th- these guys are – I mean, the lightning depth is unbelievable. That's their strength. It really is. It, 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 but again, it, it, like like Jay said, learning how to play that defense style first in 2014, that, you know, the Rangers almost went back to the cup final in 15, losing to this Tampa team. And, you know, it's a shame that he had to leave because he he's a good player. Now, I understand injuries cap, you know, uh, he was becoming UFA. He was 29 at the time. This guy is, I mean, anybody would want this guy on their team and he's proven he's an important player and he knows how to play defense. And, you know, the lightning are just so good at, at what they do, developing, drafting players. I mean, the triplets, you know, I mean, hats off to what they did because they did it in a tough time and they were on a mission to repeat and wanted to do it in front of their home fans. And how about, how great was it to watch fans celebrate a Stanley cup victory again? Yeah, it's good to see fans celebrate. I would have liked to have seen the fans to be north of the border celebrating it. But, yeah, it's good to see people back in the building. It's even good, like in game four, there's supposed to be 3,500 fans no. in, in Central Bell. I can tell you right now, that number was more like about 14,000. They snuck some people in there past, past <laughs> the gendarme. Yeah, yeah, the fire marshal was looking the other way that night. Uh-oh. I do not see. <laughs> but, but, Jay, I want to get your opinion on this one. Um, you know, like I said at the, off the top, Kerry Price was not himself in this series, though he played better. What, what do, you, do you think the Canadians' defense in front of him just didn't – weren't able to clear, or was he just, just not the same guy? You know what? Like, like Mark said, like the Canadians were built 
one through four, their lines, the whole team was built for the playoffs. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning, their offense was built to be down low. And Corey Price, if I could be wrong and people could say, but he likes playing high in the, in, in the crease where he was able to do it against other teams. He had to be, play more back because of all the low play that was going on around the corners and the low crease. He wasn't allowed to come up and face a shot and feel comfortable that he didn't have to worry about what's going on down low. Like Valeski likes to play deep in and come out a little bit and play deep in the net. Corey Price was forced to not feel comfortable. He couldn't feel comfortable the way he did in the previous series against the Lightning because their yeah. offense is just so grinding good that he had to, it's like, you know, the, the Montreal defense couldn't stop the onslaught of the offensive talent with speed and the grinders and those third and fourth lines that they had that was keeping the play down low for long periods of time in their defensive zone. That's Jay, what I see. Jay, 65 to 70% of the time, the puck was either in their zone or approaching his zone. So, you know, he didn't have a lot of rest time, you know, the, Vasilevsky had less action and that's what made him so great is that he was able to make those big saves because you and I both know when there's a lot of action on one side, when that puck squirts out, there's going to be a lot of odd man rushes and you got to be sharp, especially if you've been sitting still for three or four minutes. And that's why that guy was so great. I don't think price played terrible in this series. No. I just think, I just think that he played a team from the ages and his top four defense did the best that they could do, but the reality of it was they didn't threaten Tampa offensively, which enabled Tampa to play a lot more offensively in his zone because they were willing to take the risk. Because even if they botched something, they had the great wall of Russia behind them. Like you exactly. said, like you said, game two. Game they two. They shot there. They game shot two. There. I mean, they 40-something 44 shots. shots in game and they two. Couldn't get, and they couldn't change the course of the series and, you know, so lost the game. So game that five. took Montreal's out of the, you know. Game five, how out. many power plays did that the Canadians have and didn't play? They had five didn't power even, plays. But how many shots did they have on a power play? Oh, I, I don't think they had two shots. Two shot, well, There was one power play. I, I rewatched it because I wanted to make sure I, my eyes didn't deceive me. But there was one power play. They couldn't even get it out of their own zone. And I think Tampa had two or three shots or at least two or three scoring opportunities. They did. On the the PK. And that tells you everything you need to know because that team knew how to win. And they They had that five on three for a while and didn't. They didn't register a thing. Five on three. Yeah. No shots. And and honestly, fellow Hab fans, I know you bitched a lot about the refereeing you know, in the postseason being against you. I think the Habs got the lion's share of the calls in game five. And they did. They just couldn't score on a power play. They didn't. They couldn't score on a power play. Their penalty kill was fine. They only gave there was, up there was a tripping play. call. There was a tripping, a tripping call down low. And I looked at it and I said, I didn't see the trip. Like, where was the trip? Oh, was oh that was on Sergachev. That was on Sergachev. I didn't see that as a penalty. No. I mean, look, they did miss some stuff in game one with Kucherov when he tripped. Uh... Yeah. I forget who was coming into the zone on that. but Yeah, but they weren't winning game one. They weren't winning game one. But game and two, to me, is it was a turning point in that series. If you can get out of the second period 1-1, it only yeah. takes one goal to beat Vasilevsky and the game's over. Yep. 
It's almost and like the biggest, the biggest problem with the turnovers because too because many when you of play them. under duress. You and all of all of us know this. When you play hockey under duress, bad things happen. You make turnovers you never would make because you get rid of the puck that split second quicker than you normally would, and that's what happened. Tampa forced Montreal to make plays a split second quicker than they wanted to. They dictated the pace of play. Montreal hung in there. They played tough. Let's braided. Braden Point, how many goals did he get in the finals? Zero. Zero. So let's give credit to the defense. Let, let's give credit to number eight, number six, and the and, and number 26, and the rest of the guys on the Montreal defense and number 44. And, because and, they and held how that about Deneau? How six about Deneau? Number six followed that guy to the locker room. He didn't He didn't let that guy get and, on track. Well, how, and, uh, speaking and of Petrie, how about, And yeah. Petrie with the thumb. Offensively, you don't. We don't know how much that took away from his offensive, because he's an offensive defenseman that they needed back there with that dislocated thumb. Now he's wearing a, you know, whatever to help that he could just well, play. I mean, well, that had to hurt their, their defensive. You know, who, who scored the game running goal in, in game five? Uh, Ross it? Colton. Colton, right? Yeah. Not not the big guys because no. Montreal did a great job with the big guys. The problem was. The third and fourth units, they had no answer for because their third pair wasn't super duper. Let's put well, it that way. Score, but the top four, like Coleman, you got a score like Coleman with Tampa Bay playing on the third line. The guy was a scorer with the Devils. I mean, at any time, those guys could have lit them up. I mean, but that line together, Gord, Coleman, and Goudreau was unbelievable. And, you know, it's crazy to Gord think was that. Huge. I mean, look, Ross Colton, nobody, but, but, but don't forget, look, feel good for Steven Stamkos because at least last year he did, he had the goal in game three, but then play the rest of the series right. here. He was, he, he, you know, helped out and assisted on the game winner. Well, he didn't get credit on the score sheet, but he was a part of it to set yeah. up the game winning cup clinician goal. So, so I feel good for him. Yeah. And McDonough again, just patient coming out of the pile and just walking the line. But look, you go back to game two, the turnover. Like, you're moving the puck out of the zone. What is Sherratt? Why is Sherratt looking to a guy that's looking behind him? Just go to the other side and get it deep. Ice the puck if you have to. Split Too many second. times they couldn't get the puck out of their own zone, and it cost them, and it put and the puck was in the back of the net. But that's the point, Jimmy, is that extra split second that they didn't have in this round was what they needed because that's forced them to make bad decisions. And you're right. right. It out, get it out of the zone. Flip the it up and look. It was relentless by Tampa Bay. Right, it was. And the defense from Montreal in the previous three series were able to move guys out in front of the net away from Carey Price to see it. Now, Ronnie just, our buddy Ron Grossman, just came in and said, Canadians needed four game six performances against Vegas in order to hope to win against Tampa. Coach Jay is correct that Tampa was able to play great as they did. They are a great team. Tampa's a great defensive team and a great transition all the way. And, and he said that the Sportsnet and CBC guys said that the headman was a slew foot. So, I mean, I'll have to look no. at the tape again on it. But, uh, yeah, but, Ron, no, I mean, look, Tampa's such a great team. But for me, you know, I've been hearing this this talk with, with the Canadians, and I want to bring it to you guys before we get into, like, you know, the expansion is, you know, I heard a question, and the first answer came to my head was yes. But then the more I think about it, it's still yes. So the question is, is do the Canadians need to make the playoffs next year to justify this year and last year? Of course. Of course they do. You can't go from being 
in the finals to not making the postseason. You've got to make the postseason. And you know what? Their team is built for the long haul. And going from 56 games up to 82 will actually help them because in, in the shorter season, the offensive teams and the teams that had three lines were better suited. Of course, when they got to the playoffs, as you saw what happened with Edmonton, they go by real quick. And so, yes, they do have to make the playoffs because it's important for the transition transition of this franchise to go from, you know, what's been almost 30 years of being also Rans to being a franchise that's now, you know, there. They're going to win games. Right. And you know what? The division structure changes too. You know, they're going to they, be – They go division. back with Tampa. They go back with Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Buffalo, Ottawa – Yep. All those teams again. So they're back in the tough Atlantic division. And I agree it is, yes. Because last year they got in because of the return to play 2014 playoff because they were they missed the playoffs. And this year right. they backed in because Calgary couldn't get the job done. And they were 16-16. to 16. To me, I think they need to justify it by making the they playoffs did. next year. They have no, to. Have a, I, I don't really. know anybody who would disagree with that. You know, yeah. if, you, if you surveyed every Habs fan, they're going to agree with you. Well, Caulfield, they get Caulfield – at the beginning For of the year. year. He could yeah, actually win the Calder next year. In the playoffs, which we were talking about, that they almost didn't start him in the playoffs. Right. Like, what are you doing? So For he'll be games, a full year with Suzuki. They'll, I mean, those guys are going to be together. They're not going to get lost in the draft in the Seattle expansion no. draft. Neither one of them are, 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 are El- eligible. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Edmonton who has to worry about losing some guys – and well, Tampa too. Tampa's got to lose some guys. I, I think mean, I feel like Tampa's going to lose a defenseman. Well, they might. I mean, it all depends. Like, because this was a great debate I was having with uh, Sean Simpson of TSN. And, I thought uh, you, have to, you have to protect three. You can only protect three. Well, defensemen. no, you can go seven, three, and one, or you can go eight skaters and one goalie. Obviously, it's Vasilevsky, so that's in there. But if you go eight skaters, you could go four D. You know, you go four, four, and four. If you go seven, three, and two, then you're, you know, you got your top guys on offense, but then you're losing a Chernak or a McDonough. Exactly. Easily. And you're not so, going mean, to lose Chernak. You may have to give up McDonough and expose Well, him. what you could do is it'd be like, all right, you know, go to Ron Francis because you know deals are probably going to happen and be like, all right, well, we know, thing. you know, maybe Johnson, say they take Johnson, be like, all right, hey, we'll throw you in a defenseman if you don't take McDonough or Chernak or something. Yeah. But I mean, look, now Tampa, that expansion teams have the ability to win, they're going to be less, you know, amiable to making those quid pro quo kind of deals anymore. Right. Exactly. I, I, I do think we're going to see a similar Tampa team come back next year. And, and there's no reason why this team can't repeat. Um, they're deep enough. They're going to lose. They're deep guys. enough. But everyone, they're, they're, everyone's going to lose guys. You, so. you, you know why? I think they have a chance to repeat. And, and of course, I don't want that to happen. But as an analyst being, you know, being, you know, independent and thinking that way. One of the reasons is because in the regular season, they can play a wide open style of hockey and just get enough wins to make the playoffs, you know, as the number two or the number three in their division. So they're going to, they're going to make the playoffs regardless and they can play wide open. They don't have to sacrifice the body. They don't have to play like the Islanders do or teams like that have to play all year round. And then they get to the playoffs and as it gets tougher, they get tougher. And they know how to. Well, Detroit and don't used to do that play. all the time, right? Detroit, the Devils different. used to do it all the time too. Well, I think the Devils had less less luxury to do that because they didn't have that great scoring team. But, but, but in two thousand and two thousand one, like they could do it. Yeah, Detroit would score like crazy, and then when the playoffs came, they just shut it down. With they wouldn't play the trap; they played the left wing lock. lock. 
Well, here's the thing. You brought it up earlier, the salary cap. Well, guess what? We don't know what Hedman's injury is, and we don't know what Stamkos' injury is. They could wake a couple weeks before the season and say, hey, guys, get surgery and come back later on in the year, and they'll be fine again. Yeah, you guys will get paid on your insurance policy, and therefore we don't have to pay you out of cap money. Exactly. So, And then I mean, the hockey look, world will really be screaming. <laughs> exactly. But, again, it's, it's in the rule book. They can do it. Um, it's in the CBA, and until it comes out of the CBA, it, it's there. And until another team does it better, stop complaining about it because they won, and that's it's it. It's not coming out of the CBA because why would the no. players want to give back a way that people get paid? Exactly. And now um, that's an extra player or two that each team can sign that would be on the scrapping that now can play if you don't have to worry about the cap for that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. look, there's, there's so much debate about that. And then the other debate is, you know, I hear – you know, the, the, the different style game in the playoffs, how come the offensive players go away and the, and the third and fourth line guys... They don't go away, they get smothered. <laughs> they get smothered because the third and fourth line guys become, you know, the stars and the stars are out of the playoffs, which, okay, if we're going to call the rule book, call the rule book. And if you're not, then don't. It doesn't matter. To me, the games are the, the games are the games and the refereeing is the refereeing. But I think the biggest complaint is the consistency. Yes, it's a legitimate complaint. I mean, yeah. especially when you see four guys with zebra stripes on the ice and the ability to go to replay and they still don't get things right. You know, we'll think about the the, the cut to, what was it, to Perry's nose. Yeah. You know, how that wasn't a high stick, nobody will ever figure it out. You know, it, I, I look at it this way. Whether you're a fan or whether you're an independent observer, the bottom line is you just want the officials to get it right. So exactly. that's not part of the argument post-mortem. Yeah, hundred yep. percent. Just get it right. Just get it right. Get it right. Instant replay. Just get it right. That's yeah, why you have instant and, replay. Get it right. You have instant replay. And if you're going to let the guys play, let the guys play, then don't call the little ticky tack slash on the hands. When a guy gets killed, when Kucherov gets his rib broken because Scott Mayfield cross-checked him four times in the rib. Yeah. So going to call the rule book, call the rule book. If you don't, then don't. Speaking of Nikita Kucherov, his uh, press conference after the Stanley Cup final was over was uh, was legendary. Uh, you may have liked it. You may have not liked it. You could have been on the other side of this thing. It's fine. You know what? To me, I didn't have really a problem with it. Guy was hammered anyway. We know that. They made the T-shirts with his, with his slogan on it already. They're ready for the boat party tomorrow. But, you know, he made some, a couple of fair points in there talking about Flurry, about how, you know, he didn't think that it was the right thing for him to win it. Vezina, the Vezina Trophy winner, was in Tampa. He's sticking up for his guy. And then he talked about – got the, the ire of Habs fans saying that Montreal won their Stanley Cup last round, and they and – they, and they, it's like the, after their victory, he didn't want to go back because after they won, they, like, they won like the Stanley Cup. He's like, these guys are crazy. They're, they're, the Stanley Cup was the last round. Look, I really don't have a problem with what he said because he, it's just – it's the end of the year, and he guy was hammered, and he's celebrating – I understand some people are upset about it. I get it. But I just chalk it up to end of the year, guys are just talking. And it's sometimes we need personalities like that. And it was definitely alcohol related. So uh, so <laughs> basically, I'm I'm teed up now to be the stick in the mud. But yeah, I, I look at it this way. I, that There's a time and a place. And I'm not even going to debate what he said being right or wrong. Because I, I think... On this show, we're all on record saying the guy's the best goalie on the planet. So if you take that at face value, you know we're not going to disagree with the guy. 
And we understand that these postseason awards a lot of times are popularity contests. Get it. Understand it. Get. I understand his gripe. I just feel like when you win, just bask in the glory of winning that Stanley Cup. Talk about – if you got the great story. Talk about the fact that you came back from what could have been career-ending surgery. When, when a hockey player has hip surgery, it can always be career-ending. And talk about how you came back and, and how you overcame adversity and won your second cup. Those are the things to talk about. Be, the, be on the positive side of things because it's a positive moment. It's not an, it's not an axe-to-grind moment. It was like when, when Michael Jordan was grinding axes at his Hall of Fame press conference, and I, I was like, like, dude – this, this is, these are happy times. Don't go negative on those things. Don't, don't be the poster boy for, for negative. That, that was just my point. And, you know, I get it. He was crocked, but still, I don't know. The, when, when this Lord is so Stanley's chalice is present, sometimes it's the warm should be there. It's, it's back in the nineties in rap, you said something like that. What used to happen? Yeah. You I get, mean, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying that, you I mean, he might be a marked man on the ice next year. You, well, I mean, he's already won. he's already a marked man on the ice, but you know the fans in Montreal are going to give it to him every time he touches the puck now. Oh, for sure. And he's going to see oh. them, what, three times on the road? Yeah. But, listen, like you said, I mean, the, if the alcohol was in him, would he have gone on the rant that deep if he wasn't on, you know, on eh, a little tipsy? Probably not. Probably not. But, he Listen, probably would have been a little edgy, but I don't think he would have. Uh, I don't think he would have spilled spilled the bottle, so to speak. You know. Listen, but, I've been a proponent of Flurry how great he was, just to understand that this is his first Vesna in a 16 year career. If but it kind of, but it kind of looks like 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 a like like, like a lifetime achievement award. award. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at the stats, Vasilevsky was better. I mean, he I was. Agree. Vasilevsky was better, but look, Flurry got the Vezina, great for him, you know. But Vasilevsky's got the other hardware, so exactly. you don't care about that. He's so. got the two most important pieces of hardware this year: Stanley Cup ring and the Conn Smythe Trophy. End of story. Two, exactly. two Stanley Cup rings because Hellebuck won it last year. That's true, and yeah. he didn't get it. So listen, he's the one. Hey, I'm the Stanley Cup champion goalie. You know, hey, he's did, not, did, he's not did the Cooper one win plays. the best coach of the year? Nope. Was he? Yup. Yep. That's your answer. Yeah. Who was the best GM of the year? Not Brisebois. No. But was real. he? Yup. The best GM of the year could have been the two guys whose teams were in the finals. And the guy's team that won probably should have been GM of the year. Yep. I, what I he did for the cap gymnastics that he did. But you know what? Look, again, all hats off to the Lightning. You know, Canadians, Cinderella run. Great run for the, for the Canadians. You know, yeah, they, 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 Great. They're gonna have. They're gonna be fine going forward. You know, the Canadians didn't lose. Tampa beat them. Yeah, Tampa beat them. Tampa yes. beat them. So, speaking of Tampa, speaking of the Lightning, I tagged you guys in the thing from NHL on uh, Facebook <laughs> today. I close it out with a little fun debate. They had a thing of, with the teams over the last thirty years that won the Stanley Cup. What's the best team? I preface by saying this. You cannot compare the salary cap error that we're in because Tampa is the best salary cap error team I've seen play the way they've been able to do it. Yeah, Chicago's got three cups. Yeah, Pittsburgh went back-to-back. This team, five and seven years in a conference final, the year they missed, they only missed by two points because Kucherov was hurt. And then, so their consistency, 
the, the Lightning in the salary cap era are the best team I've seen. You can even go back to 2011 when this thing started. But from but in the salary cap era, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the best team. What, you, salary, what, what year do you do you start the salary cap era at? I mean, how about, well, how about do you, we do it where after the lockout? And, oh, the which lockout are we going to say the first one in the 04 that canceled the whole season? Or are we talking about the 13 lockout? I, I was the first one that canceled the whole season. I guess well, that's when I, you started. From, from, from that point on, the Lightning are the best team that I've well, seen play. Well, you sent out you, you, you stipulated over the last 30 years, right. And, but and that's so, what the question is. But realistically, I'm prefacing by saying it's a, two different errors, too. It was a different game. It was different a different equipment. game. Different I, equipment. I know I it's mean, been a different game, and, and I know I always err toward the side of history. But for a single season in that whole group of teams for the 30 years, I'd have to say the Russian five-year from Detroit was yeah. the best team in the 30 years. And I think that Detroit has to go down as being the best team of the 30 years because look yeah. at how many times they made the finals. They won four, and they they made the playoffs 20 straight years. As far as I'm concerned, I, I got to go with them. I don't. I'm not knocking. These things are never a knock on the other teams because they're all champions. Can't knock. They the are champions. all champions, and I, I agree. I Detroit. Detroit. That Russian five team was amazing. Yeah. With with two different goalies, Osgood and Vernon. Three different goalies. Three different goalies. Hashik. Hashik won a cup well, there too. Well, Hashik, yeah. Hashik is Hashik is a. I mean, Hashik is rated number one goalie of all time according to certain people. But you wouldn't expect it with Osgood or Vernon. Well, you didn't expect Osgood to do it in '98. No, you didn't. Mike Vernon, no. considering Mike Vernon had just left and won the Consmy Trophy. The year before for the Red Wings, that 97 team. Who, and by they the lost way, Konstantinov. Right. That's, and they lost Konstantinov. And that Red Wings, and the Red Wings team took a similar path like this Lightning team. The Lightning team followed this Red Wings path. If you look at how the heartbreak of the Red Wings and you compare it to the Lightning, it's a similar path because they lost in the cup final, the Devils. Then they, they had the best record and they lost to Colorado. Then they won their cup as like a, I think it was a third seed or Not something. Not even the best record. They had the most wins in a single season record. Right. And then, and then they come back the next year, they win. Then they do it again on a back-to-back. They almost had a chance. Because you got to learn to lose before you learn to win the cup. And then where they go? 97, 98, 02, 08, and was in the final in 2009. I mean, Detroit to me, if you look at it. It's Detroit. It's Detroit. Those guys wanted to stay together. They came in together, like you said, from Russia, and they they weren't greedy, or they would have went to other teams. I mean, they they well, they Fedorov almost community. left. Well, Fedorov did leave eventually. Right. He went to the to the Devils. No, Fedorov no. went to Carolina. I think. Who am I thinking of that went to the? No, Devils? I thought I thought Fedorov went to Anaheim, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, there was an offer sheet. I think when Columbus came in, and then yeah, yeah whatever. So, um. I call those the Illich years, and and the reason I do is because that was the key ingredient is they had great ownership that supported that team, and I think Tampa's in the same boat. They've got great ownership that stayed the course and didn't panic. And tax-free in Tampa. I mean, you can keep players there and sign them because it's, you know, no state tax, which gives them a benefit. Yes. 
and think but, about this one. And think about this one. The guy who put started to put this team together is back in Detroit doing the same thing there. Fedorov. No, Steve Eiserman. No, Stevie Eiserman. Sorry. Jeez. Stevie Wonder. Stevie but, Wonder. But like this whole thing, like I was gonna say 30 the last 30 years. Me and Mark being old people used to remember going into a store to get a stick. It was the best wooden stick. It wasn't the best. Which one flexes more? <laughs> so the the only way you could really settle which was the best team would be like Rocky, was it Rocky Five or Rocky Six? The computer. Let's oh, Rocky. yeah, Rocky Balboa. Back from 30 years ago, let's, you know, what would it have been like now? That's to, called EA Sports, my friend. It's called yeah. NHL 21. Could you, could you, could yeah, you better have the Rocky Rocky being as good if they didn't have the flex versus having the flex? Sticks, if you well, flip them, Jay, the flex stick is what makes the game watchable now because the way the guys are so big and fast and strong. If you don't have that flex stick, you you couldn't get off an old time shot like like we no. used to take because the game no. is too quick now. Yeah, so it's you have you have one nothing two to one games every game without that stick. Okay, and let's satisfy our Ranger. Yes, they were called the New York New York Oilers or the. Even the, you know, but you had they, the 94 team, who would you not want to face of those 30 teams in one series? There's two teams out of that. There's actually a couple teams out of that in one series. If you're giving me one series, any of those teams in one, the whole one, Colorado Avalanche. Oh, Patrick Waugh, you had Sack. Win, Win one for Ray. Win one for Ray. I'm not – that's the yeah. team I was afraid of the most. I mean, the Devils lost to them in seven games. Well, you know what? That's a great point, too, because think about that whole decade between Detroit and Colorado banging heads against each other in the semis oh, every freaking year and having to play somebody else afterward. You know, those teams really had – they had a tough road to the finals. Even the Devils, if you think about it, had a tough road to the finals, too. I mean, oh, yeah. They had they to had go on a road in, the 90- in 94 to then right. come win in 95. But they won the cup without having home ice advantage in 95. Yes. yes. Oh, they were great in 95. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they, they beat Detroit in four. Yeah. They beat the, the, the heavily favored Red Wings in four games. Yeah. So, I mean, but the look, Red Wings didn't know how to play playoff grunt and grunt style Stanley Cup hockey. I mean, you could point. even, you could even say you could go back to the 90s. Penguins say you wouldn't want to play them in a series with everybody healthy. Barrasso back there. Yeah, I mean, it's a good debate. I mean, to me, there's some teams in, on the, on this list that I'd be like, yeah, I could. They could, you know, be beat. I feel I feel like we're shortchanging the Chicago teams that won three and five, but I just for some reason I just don't I don't see them there, and I don't know why. I don't get it. I, I we're not shortchanging him. It, it and and it's impressive what they did because they did it with two different goaltenders. I mean, the Emmy won yep. the first one, but it was Crawford the next two, and they had help with Scott Darling and stuff. But I mean, to me, it, look, they were consistent, but they weren't consistent enough to be in. And and what they did is great. Three and five years, and the Kings yeah. went two and two and three, and everything. But the consistency of what Detroit did, what Tampa did, you know. It, it's just those two teams were so good at what they did that it makes what Chicago did, you know, be like, all right, yeah, it's great. But, you know, Tampa, what, what did Detroit win? Three and I think they won 96. So they won what, like three and 
six years or seven years they won something like that they won so, the back-to-backs yeah they won the back-to-back and they won in, in um oh two mm. yep they won, they won in the, in the uh, yeah, they won three and six. They won three and six. So, because they won in the Olympic year. Yeah, they won in the Olympic year. So, I mean, that in itself is a tough job to do as well. Yeah. Yep. And, and if they weren't making the finals, then Colorado was. Right. Or there was a stretch where it's like Colorado, Devils. Col- there was a pattern. It went, it went Devils, Colorado, Detroit, then Dallas won, and then Devils, Colorado, Detroit again. I guess it's because I see Detroit, Colorado, those those playoff matchups were freaking wars that it was such a tough road to get there. That's why I boost Detroit above other teams and the 20 years of consistency. Whereas I, when I think of Chicago with the three and three and five or whatever, I, I just don't see that big hurdle that they had to fight to get there every year. Yeah, I'm just not seeing it. They were so young when they won in 2010 that they were able to ride those guys without worrying about free agency for a while to take those runs. And they, and they even had big buff on that team. I mean, I mean, the team that they got in their way, I think they took care of was like the Kings and stuff. They, you know, that, yeah. those two teams went back and forth a lot, but it wasn't, but it was only for a couple of years. It wasn't like Detroit, Colorado from 96 exactly. on. Yeah. Like, and, it and I really feel that when Chicago was up, LA was a little bit down. Like they elevated and they went, like they were like, like that scale. They went back and forth like this. They were never, they never banged heads where they were both at that elite at, right, at, exactly. their, at their apex. Yeah. No, that's yeah. just my personal opinion. No, I agree with you on that. I think so. You know, like I said, it, it's a great debate to have because it come out now. Yeah, they're all champions. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> there is no wrong answer. No. But you know, no. it, it's great. I mean, look, it's a fun debate. There's no really wrong answer. You can who you want to say. You could say you could take prior to the salary cap. You could say post salary cap. Doesn't matter. All we know is it, it was a great season of hockey. It's been a, it's been a pleasure talking about it this year. Um, like I said, off the top, we'll do a couple of more, and then we're gonna take yep. some time off before you know, the next season starts up. But you know, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Um, and it's been a fun. You know, we got a couple of on-site um, live broadcasts, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll do more next year. And it's been a fun year covering hockey. It really has. I want to thank you guys for being great partners. We had so much fun doing it. The on-sites were amazing. Uh, being in Carolina was amazing. We yeah. had, we had, we really had so much fun doing it. I want to thank the Habs for making me look like a genius prognosticator. Because <laughs> when when nobody wanted to jump on the ship, I was everybody on the wanted ship to jump, and, and and they piloted me all all the way to the finals. I let my emotion get too much in the way in the finals, obviously, by predicting them. But you know what? It was a great year. It was a great run. And anytime we could say that we had hockey into the second week of July, I mean, that's a pretty good year. You know, it's a pretty good reward to overcome COVID and be able to do that. And just it's it's been a lot of fun working with you two guys because, quite honestly, I you know, I've, I listen to all the other ones out there, and we just have great teamwork, and I love you guys. I really do. I love working with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Same here. Guys. Just to be just this is a I mean, COVID not going out, then going out, then, you know, just talk, you know, hockey. I mean, this is a, this is going to be a season that we may never have again. And we've been saying, well, don't change it back to what it used to be because you're not going to have these divisions. Please keep these divisions. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, guys. I know. But it would Sorry, be so it's great. not happening. I, two things I would say. Keep these divisions and 
keep the divisional playoff structure because that's where you build your rivalries. Well, we'll see about the divisional playoff structure, but the divisions are going back to the way they were. And thank you again for everybody tuning in. You know, guys, just working with you guys. We started it, you know, last August prior to the season starting, you know, the return to play. It's, you know, then it's gone on from there. And, and it's always fun talking with a lot of people. You know, you know, we had some good guests, you know, in between, you know, we've had, you know, different coverage, live events. The the, the Marriott Nassau was got to be a highlight, you know, of the year oh, yeah, for me. Was great. That was oh, fun. Yeah. Down in Carolina was awesome. You know, we were back down in Monroe. We've done stuff from Piscataway throughout, you know, covering everything and and we're going to be back again don't you guys worry we'll probably have a maybe an episode you know for our anniversary show obviously but we're going to take the summer off i think we'll come back you know next week i'm in a hockey tournament so we'll come back prior to like the draft and free agency and go from there and then you know that that'll be it and you know we'll see you in the in come october because the season is going to start around the 12th 13th and before we get out of here seattle's first game will be september 26th preseason the kraken are back uh, they're, they're take the ice. So that's going to be fun. That'll be must watch television, but thank you again, guys for doing it this year. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed the coverage and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a good night. This has been the last word on hockey season two, episode 28. I'm Jim Berenger, coach J Mark Weiss on Mad radio network. Have a good night, everybody. Take care people. Take care. Take.